they're direct messaging you, you're responding because they realize you're a human being, not just a brand. Welcome to Social Post, a podcast brought to you by Meet Edgar. Each week, we bring you a guest to inspire your creativity, breathe new life into your marketing strategy, and get you motivated to take action in your business. Whether you're just starting out or a seasoned entrepreneur, you'll walk away feeling like you took your social media marketing multivitamin. Enjoy the interview and remember, what's possible for them is possible for you. And we can't wait to see your success. community. Welcome back. Today we're joined by Alicia who runs one of the best top rated autism blogs out there called The Mom Kind. She is a mom of three and super inspiring in her own life coaching businesses as well as her own content creation. So we're going to dive into some really cool topics today, but I'll pass it over to Alicia to start and introduce herself a little bit first. So go right ahead, Alicia. Yeah. So like you said, um, my name's Alicia and I run The Mom Kind. Um, I am a mom of four and three of my kids are autistic. And so we have decided pretty much to share our life on social media and the internet. But no, we, uh, big thing starting my website was just to help educate other parents. I found a big lack of information out there. Um, and so I decided, well, if no one's sharing, I might as well jump in and start sharing. I love that so much. So as you're starting to create like a lifestyle blog and really open your own family up, how do you develop these ways of making sure you're not sharing too much and having the boundaries of your actual life, but also making sure you have your audience in mind that you're being open enough. Can you talk me through that content process a little bit? Oh yeah. And it's, it's such a balancing act to say the least. Um, so yeah, so I am big on sharing topics that, really have hit home with us as opposed to always just a story about us. Um, so if it's, you know, a struggle we've had, you know, emotional regulation or something, dysregulation, something along the lines there, then as I've learned techniques and tools and resources, I turn around and share that. Um, we do a lot of, so the website's really focused on here's just the information, but then I use social media as more of the, here's our behind the scenes, you know, Instagram's, such a great platform for just showing like, this is what our real life is like. And you know, the stories of us, you know, not looking perfect, which is also so hard for people to understand too. Cause it's like, you want the perfect picture, but you also want to be real. And so it's just learning your audience, learning what works for your family. Cause that's really, you know, it's like some people aren't comfortable sharing much at all and that's okay. And others are like, let me share everything. And that's all good till you have teenagers and then it's a whole different <laughs> platform. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that makes so much sense. So when you talk about learning your audience, I find this really fascinating because of course, if you create content, you, we need to make sure it lands in front of the right people. What kind of strategies do you take to understand what topics are going to be really useful for your audience? So one of the big things that I have done over time is really just been joining in on different groups, whether mm. it's Facebook groups, or Reddit, you know, subreddits, things like that, YouTube things. See what people are asking questions about, see what they're talking about in general, the kind of things that just kind of resonate with them as a broader spectrum, and then kind of hone that into what I know about. 
That makes a lot of sense. I love the idea of actually going to where people are, not just building something and expecting them to come to you, but seeing the language they use in those groups and actually seeking people out. It takes a little extra time, but I think it makes the world a difference. So that's cool. You've seen that work well. Um, so you are a mom of four. Apologies for misspeaking the first time oh, there. <laughs> um, so I know you're super busy. So how do you actually create like a content schedule that you can keep up with so that you're not neglecting your family or your community online. What kind of strategies do you take in order to make sure that your blog is continuously being published to as well as your social media community? Yeah. So, I mean, it was definitely a learning process. Mm -hmm. um, in the beginning, I did not have it right. I still can't tell you I have 100% right. Um, but the big thing is, like I said, just having a content calendar, writing out when I'm going to have certain blog posts go out, scheduling out social media posts. You know, that's huge because you cannot be on every platform at every single moment especially as often as you need to be on there to actually reach your audience and so it's really about scheduling is huge i mean that's just you know having stuff go out automatically and then going back in after you've scheduled and then commenting like when somebody's commented on your post then it's going back and engaging in those moments so that you get that full engagement as opposed mm -hmm. to just like oh i posted it and it's done it's okay, that post made it where I can go back. Now the kids are all in bed. I can go back and check all the comments of that day on each platform and then respond then. Nice. That makes a ton of sense. You know, it sounds so simple all the time when you're just like, well, schedule it out, have it go out and then go back and comment. But it takes so much effort to actually do. So I think it's that like mix between if something is simple, um, but it's not easy to do all the time. So staying right. motivated and actually easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, cool. So I love your um, point here that you can't be on every platform and you can't show up everywhere. So you need to make sure that you're like where your community actually is. What platform on social media is getting you really excited these days to actually engage with your community? And can you give us a couple of tips um, for that specific platform that you've seen work well for your content? Yeah, I would say right now, Instagram still is the one that really works. Um, and simply because people you know, they want simplified content. They want to be able to read, you know, see things in a simple aspect, but also have those like mini blog posts in an Instagram post. You know, every, you know, every time you post something on Instagram, yeah, you can go with something simple, but you can also ask engaging questions. And sometimes it is as simple as what is the weather around you or whether it's, you know, changing day to day, what's your weather? You know, or it could be something more in depth about your topic and kind of just learning your audience because, then as you learn your audience there, then you're able to kind of apply that to the rest of your platform, whether it's a website or other social media, you know, and it just makes it kind of more fun to get on there and the behind the scenes. I've seen a lot more happening. You know, once you do reset 10,000, you have the swipe up feature, you know, Instagram stories and using that is always beneficial because you can still like promote a blog post. You know, you can literally take a, you know, a screenshot of your blog post from your phone and share it and put a little sticker that says new post swipe up and get people directly from Instagram where people don't think of that as a click through type, you know, platform where it can be really click through if done correctly. 
Yeah, that makes so much sense. I love that you brought up questions because so often when you hear people complain about they're not getting any engagement, you'll look at their feed and you'll be like, well, where are your questions? Where's your invitation to actually engage with your community? And that's something that's so easy to forget when you're trying to offer so much value that you forget actually having the invitation for someone to reply is an important part of value you should focus on. So that's a oh, really yeah. awesome tip. And honestly, tip. when all possible, sorry, when no, all possible, okay. You know, it's really good to ask those questions in the first sentence because that's mm. when people see it. You know, I mean, yeah, sometimes, you know, if you're sharing a story that is, you know, very engaging, you're being vulnerable, you're sharing something, that's one thing to ask the question at the end. But a lot of times, just to get their attention, sometimes you do just have to ask a question first and then be like, here's the reason I asked the question afterwards. But then it gets people to actually like, hey, wait a second, she's asking me about this. I had this happen too. And you know, it just gets people talking and, you know, even if it's not always directly on uh, the post, they might direct message you. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah, build a lawyer person right there just because they're direct messaging you, you're responding because they realize you're a human being, not just a brand. Right. Oh gosh, that human aspect in social media is the one thing that I feel like every brand could do better at no matter where you are in that. It's just injecting more humanity in there so people feel comfortable talking because it's not a natural thing to talk to a screen and to like type back. So it makes a ton of sense. Um, so you actually went into a little bit about this idea of scheduling your posts. Can you talk to me a little bit about like what times a day you actually send different types of content out and how you come up with that schedule? And if you do any sort of analyzing, like what times a day work best for your specific community and how your thought process works out for that? Yeah. So, um, you know, you know, there's all of, obviously lots of different platforms out there that help you schedule. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, so one of the biggest things I did from the get-go was start taking the recommended from, you know, platforms I had tried out. Um, just because, you know, everybody, you know, the algorithms are already there and I don't know them all. So it's kind of learning that. The other thing is just looking into each platform has their own insights. Mm-hmm. So once you have posts going, whether it's Instagram, it's Facebook, you can see what's actually engaging, where those clicks are coming in from, you know. You know, Instagram's really great because even if it's not, they're not clicking through, they are hitting a like on your button or they're even just viewing your post. And so you can see the times of days that they are most active. You know, for me, I've noticed that, you know, it's the really weird times. It's not the, like, what people think of, oh, it's like on their lunch break or their dinner break. It's like, no, it's like three in the morning. Like, it's like... (laughs) The weird time, but that's also when you think of parents up in the middle of the night, they're, they, they've been up with their kid, they just got the kid back to sleep, they can't go back to sleep themselves. What do they do? They grab on the phone, they start scrolling through and start interacting in. And so it's like that there have been times where I've actually scheduled posts to go out at like one, two o'clock in the morning, knowing that on those certain days, that's when I'm going to get engagement. And by doing that and, it, you know, kind of experimenting around, it's really nice to see what you can come up with. Yeah, that's so interesting. And for a community with a lot of parents, if they're up like with their kids, that makes sense. It would be the middle of the night where they're doing that. But for someone who's maybe more of a business who people are online during their work day, you don't want to post at 1am. So really take that insight from Alicia, guys, that you need to use these insights and you need to experiment and not just take answers that are just, this is the right time to do it. Because I would have never guessed that you posting at 3am would bring you some of the best engagement. Yeah, it's not one of those ones where you're like, oh, I should post in the middle of the night. But right. then the other thing is, you know, your target audience might not be 
in your exact, you know, area code, mm -hmm. you know, you might be reaching people clear across the world. And so their times are going to be different than yours as well. So it's not always just, you know, your niche, but it could be just where your audience is. Yeah, totally. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so looking over your blog, you have a lot of really awesome branding going on there. Is there anything behind that that you could speak to for how you develop such a strong brand presence and your brand voice and colors and stuff and walk us through that like developmental process? If you've never started a blog before from like sort of a beginner's mindset, how do you make these decisions on those colors and the tone of voice you're going to use and everything? Yeah. Well, the biggest thing on tone of voice is always be yourself. Mm. That's the first thing because... Yeah, people wonder, well, how do, you know, all these different finance blogs make it? And all these different, there's so many out there. Well, it's because your audience resonates with you. Yeah, you're the one thing that's different no matter what niche you're in. You're the one thing that's different. So always being yourself, um, that's definitely for tone of voice, what I always go for. Um, when it came to my own colors and stuff, you know, I've always, for me, the part, I've always wanted simplified. And because people want to be able to read something without a lot of headache, a lot of, you know, distraction. You want there to be colors that somebody sees, they look at your post, like, oh yeah, that's definitely, you know, that's the mom kind, that's their website. But you also want to be where they can actually read it. Right. And so for me, you know, I went through at least six or seven different logos that I played around with until I found one that worked. Um, and they weren't the ones I started with. Like I just, I weren't even the route I was going, but I just kind of worked, kind of went with what my audience seemed to be resonating more with and things that, you know, there came a time where I actually had people commenting that they liked the new layout of the blog. And it's like, when you hit those moments where they're like commenting, and you're like saying, Hey, I like how this looks now. Then it's like, okay, I should probably stick around this area. If somebody's actually reaching out to say, I like what this looks like. Um, but yeah, so picking, but yeah, sticking with the color scheme, you know, and it's also, it's not just across, you know, one platform, it's all the way through. So that, like you said, that brand recognition where when they see, you know, the photography style of your Instagram, you know, it's always the same. It's a similar, whether you're using a filter or you're using, you know, a template of some sort, it's sticking to that same one over and over again once you figure out the one that works, mm -hmm. because that's how people are going to start recognizing your stuff. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I love the fact that you've gone through different logos, like you said, and this just illustrates the idea that your brand guidelines aren't just a document you make once. It's a living and breathing thing that you listen to feedback from your community and you can iterate on. So if you're someone out there who started a blog and you're feeling like you want to do a remake, it is totally possible for you to do that. So I love that you keep listening and iterating on that for sure. Um, so I am always curious about mindsets of people, especially, like I said, someone like you who has a family and who has so much going on, but also runs such a successful content business, what kind of mindset tips could you give the community for making sure that you're not neglecting either of those areas and that you're staying true to your goals in both of them? Yeah. So big thing, it's scheduling. I mean, even in your day-to-day -day life, it's having, you know, I literally have my little agenda, you know, that has my hourly, what I'm going to do when, you know, I'll slip in even like my meal planning. I'll try to slip my meal planning in there because that way it's the same thing in front of me all the time. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, yeah, that's right. I do probably need to go drop that in the crock pot or whatever it is. You know, and that way I'm not, you know, I'm scheduling time for work. I'm just making sure that, like you said, I'm scheduling that time for my kids that I'm not working. And I'm saying like, no, I will not work during these hours. 
simply because I need to put that time on my kids. And, you know, the other thing is scheduling time for yourself. I mean, mm -hmm. as much as people don't think about it, whether you have kids or not, you need some self time, you know, time to just unwind, to relax, to do what makes you happy, whether it's, you know, some people like going on walks, some people just prefer to sit inside and watch TV. Um, totally cool with Netflix and bending there, you know, like just, you know, just watching some Netflix and relaxing, but whatever works for you, having that time to yourself, because if you focus 100% of your time on your business, while yes, you want to put as much time as you can into it, you will burn it if you don't take care of you. And obviously your business is a part of you. It's, you know, you didn't start it just because, oh, it's just a random thing I picked out of a hat. It's something that interests you. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so giving yourself that time to just kind of come back to like, okay, this is, this is right. That's what I was, you know, this is why I'm writing about this stuff. This is why yeah, I'm interested in this. And then also just exploring new things because, you know, you've got to give yourself a chance to, you know, learn new things to share with your audience. Oh, wow. That last part makes, actually, I've never thought of it like that. But yeah, if you're not taking time for yourself, you don't have as much of that unique selling proposition to share your personality with them um, and come across as like a full, like multidimensional human. I love that. Um, wow. You've given us so much to think about. This has been so great. I would love just for you to leave us with a few more tips that you uh, can share with our community about content creation and what you've seen be successful, um, whether it be about your blog or social media, whatever you'd like. Yeah, um, the biggest thing for my website that I learned that just really works is I keep a notebook around and whenever I come up with a topic, you know, or something that's just around the topic, I write it all down and I kind of jot it all down so I can sit there and brainstorm and start, you know, having a list of things to write from because not always are you going to want to write about, you know, what you wrote down in your calendar, but instead I try to put a I put writing blocks in my calendar so that I can pick something, a topic that interests me that day, that gives me the motivation to actually write during that time. And so that way, you know, I'm constantly coming up with something because, you know, and it doesn't always have to be directly related to my niece that might, I might write something down that interests me that later on I realize I can tie that in with something. Yeah, and so just making smart. sure to keep those interests. Yeah, just keeping those little things kind of having something to write down because the reality is we all think about different things, but from the time that we think about something and we go over our daily life, we're doing all the business stuff and trying to schedule everything out, we forget half the stuff we thought about. Mm -hmm. And so if you write it down, it gives you a chance to actually go back and think, oh yeah, I wrote about that. And yeah, you may never write on that topic, but at least you're giving yourself the chance to write about it. Totally. That reminds me of the quote. I don't even know. I'm going to butcher it, but it's something like your brain is meant for thinking and not like holding your ideas. And I yeah. think that like, if you're holding all these ideas that you come up with throughout the day and you don't actually get them out, it doesn't free up space to come up with even more. So I love that yeah. tip. Um, awesome. This has been so cool. Guys, if you want to learn more about Alicia, I will put her links in the description here. Um, and the mom kind is her blog. So go check it out and go follow her on social media. I'll put all of her links in the description and thanks so much again for your time today. Thanks so much for tuning in and be sure to keep the conversation going with us on social. We're at Meet Edgar on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So let us know your biggest takeaway from today's episode and don't forget to tag us. Visit www.meetedgar.com and start a free trial to up-level your social media marketing strategy today.
Happy posting!